in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Well, I don't, why didn't you introduce me? Well, who is that? It's me, it's Poodle McNoodle. I'm visiting Joe. I left Fatty for a day and now I'm visiting Joe. Hey Joe and Poodle McNoodle and hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike, that's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Poodle McNoodle lives in Charlotte. That's right! And I think Fatty's missing me, huh Fatty? (laughs) Each week we call one another and we catch up. I wonder if I'll ever get to be on the beginning of the show now, because I came to visit Joe. <laughs> you want to be on Big Fatty's opening? I want to be on Big Fatty's opening. <laughs> It'd be the first one that I actually like. <laughs> and Wait, I don't what? have to see his balls to to be there. How are you, Joe? Uh, yeah, Poodle, you need to go. You need to be quiet. We're doing a show here. Um, hi, Mike. How's it going? Uh, I am doing hey. well. Good. My boss is out of the country, so... This past week. Where did he um, go? Glucosia? No, he went to Spain for a week for work and then a week for... What's his name again? Vacation. Manny. They say Spain is pretty. No, I've never been. Manny says... I feel like we've done this joke already. You you have, yeah. Okay. And they got lots of laughs last time, I'm sure. Yeah, people loved it. People love (laughs) when I sing Elton John. So this past week, I've worked from home a lot. And, like, my work is pretty relaxed and mellow, but, like, this week has been extra mellow. But on Does it Thursday, bother Rod Kyle when you wake up early and for work? What? Rod we, Kyle, does it bother him when you wake up to start work? We start work at the same time. Oh. So this week we had a live interview scheduled. So we do these live interviews on the internet on one of our, wames, uh, one of our websites. Basically, we interview people from industry and we broadcast it live when we do it there's like maybe 50 to 100 people watching but then this video is archived onto youtube and it gets quite a few views after that so i have this like odd it's just like a work crush on this guy it's totally one of those like i would fuck the hell out of his personality and that's it right like Mm -hmm. it's like your relationship with me So this guy, like, he's super geeky. He's, like, really, he's a hippie, and he wears horrible shoes. He wears, like, the strappy sandal things this most of like the time. A, no, this, I already do not want to have sex with him. I, did, I told you, it's, like, not a physical thing. It's, like, his personality is very attractive. Anyway, I'm sitting at home working. I've been really focused on this one project. I'm wearing my pajamas. I haven't showered all day. And... I thought that I would sign in to watch the chat because I I like the the company they work for. I like the work that they do, all of this, right? So I sign in and I notice that the chat is like should have started 10 minutes ago and it's still not live. So I'm like, I wonder what's going on. 
Um, and then I get a frantic text from the coworker that should be running the interview. And she's like, my internet is down. There's the whole chat room is waiting for the interview. The, the two people that are wait, that are going to be interviewed are sitting there just waiting. Would you mind logging in and doing this? And I was like, yeah, fine. Like I already know the company. I know the work. It wasn't going to be very difficult. So I like jump onto a Google Hangout. I start broadcasting. I like embed it on the website and everything. And as it's embedding, I'm noticing, like, I see my face when I'm talking, and I notice behind me there's a pile of laundry, mm-hmm. including underwear, just sitting on my bed. Because I'm, like, in my bedroom in my pajamas. Did, like, Rod Kyle walk by with, like, the towel wrapped around his head and, like, a bathroom <laughs> and, like, an avocado, avocado face mask? Avocado <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, so I had to, like, quickly kind of move that off. And then, I don't know if this is embarrassing or not, but... I also had hand lotion on my, like... Yeah, I bet. It wasn't on my nightstand. It was, uh-huh. like, on my dresser. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, this hand lotion And is... a box of Kleenex? No, but this hand lotion is, like, medicated. It's, like, uh-huh. cer- it's certainly just hand lotion. Yeah, because, like, you know, menthol on very sensitive areas can feel very, like, cooling. No, it hurts. So, this was seriously just hand lotion, but I had to remove that, mm-hmm. too, when there was downtime on the video so that... Mm-hmm. nobody would see the hand lotion in the background mm-hmm. of this video so I'm like mike is that a mr fister <laughs> in the background what is that that uh flashlight that has like a mouth at the top of it that's a weird <laughs> device <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was my embarrassing story on thursday i had to like quickly clean up my room i didn't even care that i was like unshaven with ugly hair and bad lighting i was like worried that people were gonna see the horrible things in my my dungeon oh my god that is well at least you get to work from home you know i had to go to a meeting on friday i had a bunch of meetings last week and shannon my um writing partner and comedian friend shannon uh we've been meeting at her boyfriend's um office we were meeting at another office that is owned by my friend Chris, but I'm going to tell you something. And it actually, this is a, deci- a decision made by Shannon, but I agree with. Like the people at Chris's office, even though they work for him, they're really mean to me and Shannon. Not mean, but like cold, dismissive, very dismissive. So huh. Shannon was like, you know what? I don't really want to work there anymore. And I was like, okay. So now we work at her boyfriend's office, which I don't. You, do you remember I told the story about? Oh, this is a few months ago about a, a college student that drove from Florida to California and yeah, I helped yeah. him. Well, now I got him a, da- a job with Dave, Shannon's bo- uh, boyfriend. Okay. So he, he works for Dave as Dave's personal assistant. So when we were at um, his office. What kind of office Shan- is it? Like what work does he do? He's like a high-end um, vocal coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Anyway. So we're at the office and we're in the, there's like a waiting area and I'm sitting there talking to Shannon and there's all these pictures behind Shannon. I kind of, you know, register those pictures. It's people, different people who've come through the office and whatnot. So after a a minute, Shannon goes, you see this guy right here? There's a guy who I've registered as a gay man. Now I'm not even being, I'm not even kind of critical. Like, Ooh, look at that gay guy. It was more like, Oh, there's, there's an African American woman. Oh, look, there's an Asian woman. There's a Mexican woman. There's a woman, you know, there's a man. You just like, Oh, there's a guy in a purple shirt. There's a gay guy. 
there's a giraffe. You know, just you're like, oh, look at those pictures. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny if he did vocal coaching for a giraffe. Yeah. The giraffe <laughs> Jeffrey, me, me, Jeffrey me, me, me. the giraffe from Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And he's like, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, um, Shannon goes, see this guy? She points to the obviously gay man. She goes, not gay? <laughs> But and, she knew you thought he was gay. She knew yeah, he yeah, looks gay. Mike, Because she was gay. pointing out, like, this gay Mike. guy is not actually gay. Yeah, Mike. Now, I'm not going to say his relationship to Shannon's boyfriend because it will identify him. Uh-huh. But uh, Cameron walks in and Cameron says, um, oh, I'm going to call him Dylan. Okay. He's like, Dylan's actually here today. He's out to lunch, but he's here. So you're going to meet him, Joe. Shannon was like, oh, my God, Joe. Just wait till you meet him, just so you know. And Cameron, I don't know why Cameron knew. Cameron's like, yeah, he says he's not gay. <laughs> so Shannon and I start working. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, there's like a... Mm-hmm. And we're like, come in. Okay, Mike. Dylan walks in the room. This is the first time I've met him. Yeah. He's wearing, like, purple pants. Like, a blouse. Essentially, Throws a blouse. glitter. Like, a black blouse. Oh, Mike, uh-huh. it's close. A black blouse with, like, bejeweled shoulders. Okay. He's wearing a whistle. But, like, in a... <laughs> but is the bejeweled shirt, like, a like in an Ed Hardy sort of way? Or, like, in a Richard Simmons sort of way? They're very different. Mm, somewhere in between. It's like... Like, do you, could he possibly... Could he possibly have stolen this shirt from, like, a Persian frat a Very bro? Persian, yes. Okay. You see, here's the thing. Ed Hardy has, even as douchey as it is, a very strong masculine sense yeah. to it. This is not masculine. This is something that, like, like uh, um, Dixie Carter would have worn on an episode of Designing <laughs> Women. You know, like shoulder pads. Yeah, oh yeah, like shoulder paddy. Yeah, oh, with like, no. with like bejeweled, like with like, okay. like yeah, bejeweled. Yeah. Know? So. Like bedazzled. Remember that thing, the bedazzler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bedazzled to the nights. Okay, okay, Joe, you could edit this out if you want, but can I take a stab? Is this guy's name really Johnny Weir? You know what? Sounds like you're describing a Johnny Weir. I'm not going to take that out. No, he, he dresses like Johnny Weir. Okay. He literally is wearing a whistle. Um, <laughs> I don't get the whistle. I don't get it. Like yeah, an said... old-fashioned dog whistle or like well, a coach, more fashion-y, coach whistle? Like a fashion-y whistle. I don't know where you get it, but like a fashion-y whistle. <laughs> The whistle store, Forever yeah. Twenty One whistle. Mm-hmm. It's like uh-huh. a, a Louis Vuitton whistle, <laughs> a Louis Vuitton. So, um, anyway, and his hair is perfectly like quaffed, you sure. know. And he's like, "Hey, girl," I'm talking to Shannon, and I'm like, "No, no." If you had to say, let's say he was gay, would you guess even that he was a bottom? Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Yes, he's a bottom now, right? Okay. I feel really uncomfortable about this. Okay. Well, because two things are happening. Either one, he's lying to, like, his place of... He's lying to this place. Like, he doesn't want people there to know. But why would you not wear... You know, not maybe not wear the purple pants when you go in then. Or two, he, like, is lying to himself. Or three, he's straight, and he just has like oh, a no, lot no. of really feminine... Um, I said, why did you quit your job? And he said, he had to go to school. And I go, where did he go to school? 
And he said, Paul Mitchell? <laughs> I think, like, to get into Paul Mitchell, you have to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We're being horrible, though. Joey, you are what you say you are. And if he says that he is heterosexual, okay. that's you're, what you're we right. need to respect. You're right. We you're need right. to respect that. We respect that he loves girls. He just loves that. <laughs> the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that way he's not lying. Right. <laughs> he just loves girls, and, you know, it's great. He's also very young. Sure. So, and, and you know what? That actually says a lot. Like, that Olympic diver, Tom Daly or whatever. Yes. Uh, he was he was bisexual when he came out, right? And he yeah. got a lot of, like negative uh comments about that but then eventually just this past week he came out as full-fledged homosexual and, and by I the way like, didn't i reveal on the show that he's dating jonathan's ex yeah maybe i don't know i, I mean i know it came knew. out as real oh my god mm-hmm. jmz so. <laughs> um okay so this guy is going to paul mitchell and then did you, like, say anything to him about how you thought? No, like, no, no, no. But I would call him girl and stuff like that. I was very, like, wink. I know. Like, the right. you know, the eye to eyes yeah. thing? I, I was, was having drinks at the Abbey yesterday. Have you ever yeah. been there? <laughs> no, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I was too busy playing sports. <laughs> and drinking brewskis. <laughs> and calling my girlfriend who lives in Canada. Yeah. I, I was calling her and we were having wild phone sex. I met her well, on Grinder. So <laughs> I mean t- I mean t- I mean Tinder. So like I what like how does that end then? How does this story end? It doesn't. I was just trying to give you a, a rundown of the characters there. Really briefly cuz the story is running long. The other person there. So Dave shares his office with a bunch of other little people. You know like like a, oh. a, other well, not not midgets, like other... I know, vo- but like little people like him? Other little people? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, how no, about no. just other people? Other people. Let me edit that out. So Dave shares the office with other people, okay? Uh-huh. And one of them is a, a small production company. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> little people, a small production company. <laughs> no, but this one is a small production company. Know, it's like, it's... Okay. <laughs> okay. So with a really tiny budget, <laughs> they make micro, yeah, micro budget films. So yeah. anyway, um, they, uh, by the way, you have to leave all that in now. There's, no I know, I know. So anyway, uh, they had this woman, a receptionist working for her. I'm going to call her Brenda. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the first time Shannon and I went in a few weeks ago, she came and talked to me and Shannon. She was super friendly from Canada. Right. Um, uh, from Toronto. You know, which we we have another friend from Toronto who really loves us. No, no. Don't go there. (laughs) Do you think he still listens? For those who don't know, I had a friend who lived in Toronto who got really upset with me and Mike for what he felt was revealing his identity. And he stopped. He unfriended me on Facebook. Is that fair, Mike? Yeah. Okay. That's what the joke came from. So he's from Toronto as well. She's from Toronto. She comes in and she's like super happy-go-lucky, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, hey, how's it going? I'm really cool. And she goes like, um, 
yeah, so I'm like, oh, so you're here from Toronto, making small talk. And she goes, yeah, but my visa's going to run out really soon. And I go, oh, when? She goes, yeah, it's really down to the wire. Uh, I'm gonna, I need to find out whether I can stay, whether this company is going to keep me on. Or my visa runs out and I got to go. And I go, oh, when do you, when does your visa run out? And she goes, uh, today. Well, <laughs> and uh, today, right? She goes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, today. So, so like, just... there's a potential she has to leave tomorrow then? Like, yeah. tomorrow, or is there some sort of, like, window? Okay, there's an end of this story. So she goes, I'm just waiting for my boss to get back from a meeting, and he's going to let me know whether they're going to keep me, you know, And but it, it expires today. And I go, oh, my God. She goes, yeah, I'm real sad about it, but, um, you, know, you know, what it is, what it is. <laughs> you know the Canadians. So we leave her, right? Which I'm such a dick. We went to Dave's office. I wrote a song about her. Oh, wait. I can't sing the song because it reveals her real name. Okay. <laughs> it was about how <laughs> I can't sing it. Okay. So um, we know we don't want to reveal two Torontons names. Toronto hates us. Toronto really hates us. So anyway, <laughs> so... uh. We, I leave her and she's like, bye, Brenda. I really hope that you get what you're looking for, you know. And she goes, oh, I, I hope so too. So that was a, a couple weeks ago. We didn't go in the week after that. But then we went in on this past Friday. And there was a new girl there. Oh, no, Brenda. Brenda's gone. And I asked Cameron. Cameron's like, oh, she's gone. She like wasn't here Monday. Aw. That Monday after. And I well, go, I he's like, yeah, she's like, left. Vancouver. Or Toronto. Well, I know. I know. What I love, too, is how many people just fucking stay on those visas until they're kicked out. And she's like, oh, well, expires today. See you, everybody. Yeah. And she was a good sport. Like, I was saying, like, you know, like, does she, like, make songs? Does she sing songs in Canadian languages and stuff like that? Does it, like, cost money for the, the company to sponsor Yeah, her? yeah, is yeah. That it why it they costs don't money. Do it costs money. And they're a small production company. Right. You know, they have a tiny budget. <laughs> this um yesterday i and i meant to tell this on the last uh podcast that i was going to be doing it this weekend but i forgot for some reason um there was like a podcasting sort of meetup um well let me back up for a second there's one musical in this world that i particularly hate and that's mama mia oh it's a horrible um, musical I, I think that my dislike really I, – I don't like this, like, jukebox musical sort of concept where they jam all of the songs from one artist or a band or a genre into the plot of a – I just don't like that but idea. The, the, I think I've heard that – doesn't the one about Frankie Valli actually kind of work? Well, I mean, that's about the musician. So it's like the story of the musicians, and then it's like – and then we went to the recording studio, and we sang this song, Sherry – Cherry bait. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The, I mean, that works because it's about the musicians. So, that I that's I think that's separate. Um, but I just always feel like it it's a bit contrived to fit the strong. Oh, Mamma Mia around is plot. retarded. It's retarded. And, they're like they're like. Well, I don't know how you're gonna get to Greece for that wedding. You're lacking like money, money, money. <laughs> always money in a rich man's world. I also feel though like it's it breaks the mold of like a traditional American musical, which I love. Like I want an inciting incident in a song about a you know the commitment to overcome the odds, 
And then at the end of it, I want like a reprise of that song in a minor key. Like it's just the way the musical is set up. Like, and for some reason, these jukebox musicals don't do that. But anyway, I also should tell you there's one like restaurant or restaurant type that I particularly hate, and it's family style restaurants. Ugh. Right? So yeah, don't get I, me started on I, this. I hate Buca de Beppo particularly. It's it. Everyone has to agree on something. You're also like socially awkward, and like I don't know. I'm I'm very much like when the bill comes, I want to know like I'm responsible for these six things, and I want to pay for those six things and put in a generous tip and be okay with it. But I don't want to like have to tell you to put in a. I don't know. I just feel very awkward about it. I like when the bill tells you how much you should put in and all of this, right? So about a month ago, uh, fan of the show, catching up with catching up winner, all around great guy Anthony Antaran, tweeted out some sort of invite for something and a date. Um, but I was logged in at the time to my diabetes related Twitter account on my phone, so I couldn't see. He has protected tweets, so I couldn't see what it was. Um, but I could see everybody responding like, "Yeah, that would be awesome." And it's like all these people that I love. I love Anthony too. Uh, like uh, all these people were like i totally would love it I, let's do it so i just responded from mr mike glossin yeah i'm in too like whatever it is like i'm in well it turns out it's a mom it's mama mia the musical and then it also turns out that um everyone was like trying to organize dinner before the show we go to buca de beppo <laughs> so uh, all of that being said though are you still there you haven't interrupted I'm no i'm, no, in, I'm like, still listening seconds. i'm no, i'm still listening okay um so all of that being said um we ended up having i mean i had a a wonderful time like seeing everybody the dinner actually was really good i think it's just proof that like if the right people are doing it um personality wise christina kind of like i made the joke that she reminded me of like a chinese grandmother at the table because if you've ever gone to a chinese restaurant with traditional chinese people one person traditional chinese people that yeah, people that were raised in Chinese culture. Okay, they will. W- one person, usually the eldest, will order everything. So the waiter comes, and the head of the table tells the waiter what every, not what each person is having as a dish, but they're because they serve family style. They the that person will order all of the dishes for for everyone, and Christina kind of did that, which was really nice. But then also like just sitting in the theater and hearing. Like Christina and Scott and Blind Guy Jay was there, just hearing their like laughter. Wait, Scott the and... Seder? Yeah, he was there. So just hearing like the their their laughter and stuff, it was a really good time. Um, and then after that, um, uh, Tom and Tom V and Jay uh, were staying in Berkeley, so they decided to come to the White Horse afterward. And then Christina. Uh, Scott, and then this guy, Michael, who's one of Christina's friends, came to the White Horse as well. So it was just really good people, really good time. I went in, I mean, I wanted to have a good time, um, despite the fact that I don't love Mamma Mia, and despite the fact that I didn't like the family style or the restaurant that was chosen. Like, Mama I still Mia. had a really good time. Here we go again. My and I won't lie. doesn't like family style. 
I won't lie, I also came home and downloaded three ABBA songs. So I now have three ABBA songs in my iTunes. Do you want to guess which songs? Three? Okay. Guess. I'm going to guess you're going to go with the hits. I'm going to have to guess uh, you're going to go with a Little Dancing Queen. Ding, ding. Okay. I'm actually going to say you're going to go with Winner Takes It All. Eh. Oh, really? Fernando? Eh. Oh, wow. How many chances do I get? Three? One more strike. I don't, I don't, I'm just not a guess. I do not think you're doing Mamma Mia. I have trouble remembering any other songs, though. Well, I did Mamma Mia, but you don't get credit because that was not a guess. Yeah, and no, I also right. did Take a Chance on Me. Oh! <laughs> so those are now in the iTunes uh, rotation. So, But I had a great time, and I know a couple of those people will be listening. Also, the Hello Waffles guys were there. Um, Melissa the Confused is kind of well known in the Pride 48 community. Um, she was there and she's awesome. Um, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Tom B, I said, Scott, Christina, and her friend. And then, oh, and I met, uh, Anthony's partner, Mark, which was kind of cool. Uh, cause we had talked to Anthony on the Catching Up call, so we kind of knew what they did and about their business and stuff, but actually meeting them was, was awesome. So, um, well, I'm glad you had a good Saturday night. You know what I did? Nothing, and I'll tell you why. Hung out with my friend, Papa John. And <laughs> Wait, uh, did you? What? Order a pizza. No, no. I just, I just did nothing. I stayed in and, and just watched Shark Tank. But here's the thing. So about a week ago, I was talking to my friend, Melissa McQueen. If you remember, it was about a year ago, and I walked her down the aisle. Yeah, and she was telling me that she was gonna that she had to do something this this you know yesterday Saturday because oh I have to do something this Saturday and then I have to go to Retta's birthday party and remember Retta was at her wedding she was yeah. like a, an African American woman yeah and um I go oh wow Retta's birthday lucky look at you right and we moved on with our day Friday I get a phone call from uh, McQueen. And she goes, hey, I mean to call you. I was really dumb. Did you want to go to Retta's birthday party? Now, when I said it, I was just didn't think I wasn't even thinking that. But since she was offering, I was like, yeah, I'll go to Loretta's birthday party. And she's like, great. The only thing is you have to wear pink. Right. So. I was yesterday all I spent all day trying to find pink. Like I was Mike, you don't understand how hard it was to find a a, a male item that was pink to wear. Okay. Right? Like a t-shirt so, or like t-shirt, button-down shirt, polo okay. shirt. I was hoping for a polo shirt. Polo I shirt. Do you one? I could have lent you one. <laughs> that wouldn't even fit my hand. I forgot a puppet show. So, um I couldn't find it, right? Like but you're I finally you're going to like stores and looking. Yes. So like I finally Target. Went, I, You'll find one at Target. I know. I probably would have. I went to this place that sells like ghetto T-shirts, and uh-huh. I dug through their bin of T-shirts and finally found a pink shirt in my size. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. But it was Mike. It was like a whole day of scavenger hunting. Right. Okay. Now, I had been calling McQueen the whole day, but I knew she had that baby shower, so I wasn't expecting a, a, a pickup. But by 4 o'clock, I still hadn't heard anything about, like, the, the, the logistics, the detail. I didn't know anything. Where to meet her? I didn't know anything. So, finally, I text her, and I'm all like, oh, hey, uh, did, did you still want me to go? Like, I was like, maybe she found, maybe, like, someone else wanted to go or something, right? Mm-hmm. 
she writes back and she goes, did I, did we have a misunderstanding? It's next Saturday. Oh. So now you know what I'm doing next week. Well, that's okay, though. At least it wasn't like, oh, I sent that to the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) No. But I spent the whole day looking for pink shirts. What is this fat fag looking for shirts for, you know? Well, at least you found one, too. This isn't a bad story. This is good. You're ahead of the game. I'm ready. I'm I'm ahead of the game, and I'm ready for Reda's birthday party. Yeah, Reda's birthday party next Saturday, so you know I'll have good stories next Sunday. And uh, it'll be good to go. GTG. Hope so. Uh, What's going on in the Bay Area, Mike Lawson? Well, this story has kind of evolved since it actually first hit my Flipboard. If you guys are on Flipboard, you should look up Catching Up SF and Catching Up LA. Because we both keep Flipboards of stories we could potentially talk about. And the the story that I pinned is um, about this CEO of Mozilla, which is responsible for the Firefox browser that many of us know and love. They uh, appointed this guy named Brendan Ike, and uh, he made the decision this last week to step down primarily due to the backlash regarding a donation he made in the amount of $1,000 in support of California's Proposition 8 a few years ago. Which wrote into law the marriage that marriage in California is between just one man and one woman, and so he stepped down because, uh, I mean, people were going nuts about this. There was a lot of Twitter activity. Like Mozilla employees were like resigning. They were like really upset about this. Uh, there were like editorials. OK Cupid, um, the dating site OK Cupid created like a pop-up that if you browsed into okcupid.com it would pop up and say like just so you know you're using a browser uh that is run by a company with a guy that doesn't support marriage equality and i was wondering what your thoughts were on well, I think, resignation I think they, they and all of that they weren't letting people who were using firefox go onto the site no they were it just it, they just asked users to to um to boycott Firefox. It wasn't actually like you couldn't use it. You just got a pop-up that told you that you're using Mozilla, a Mozilla product, and that's all. It's weird. There's parts of this that I struggle with because, one, um, this guy's retarded. Two, I'm just talking from a business perspective. One, I feel when you're CEO of a company, whether it be Mozilla, whether it be Chick-fil-A, your job is to run a business, and unfortunately, I mean, news journalists have to go through with this too, is you just can't really donate money to campaigns because you should really be as neutral as possible because um, you don't want to you – have a, you have an obligation to your stockholders not to do something that would affect the business, right? And True. I mean, if but you t- were running Focus on the Family or ChristianMingle.com oh, yeah, 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 yeah. or – you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's yeah, certain yeah. companies that – uh, lend itself to certain points of view, and you'd be fine with that. But if I, I was, running, I don't think those are. Go ahead. If I was running like a conservative bookstore that sold Bill O'Reilly books, yeah, but or... this is particularly is a publicly traded company. One, two. Um, the other thing is, I feel that they gave him a lot of opportunities to walk the comments back, and he was like, no. Yeah, I think that's kind of the rub for me is, um, like if he came out and he said like, hey. I still don't believe that gays should be married in the eyes of my God. 
but our government is different than the eyes of my God, dot, dot, dot. That would be a different story, and that would I think it would actually be pretty much over after that. But he, like, stuck to this and just, I don't know, I think public opinion is far from where he's at, so... Yeah, and the other thing is, is I mean, if you're really talking, if you're really talking about capitalism, this is capitalism at work, where right. you're letting the marketplace decide what happens, and then the company had its choice to let them go. So right. yeah, look, idiot, look, dummy. This is what happens when you uh, cross us. Well, and- there's also the question of like the. I think a lot of people, uh, like of the political persuasion of my parents are saying things about his right to free, free speech. No, they, well, it's he like, has right to free speech because no one arrested him. Let me tell you something. He, no one arrested him. It wasn't against the law for him to say what he said. And he had a right to um, make that contribution. No, no one ever stopped him from doing that. Here's the thing, though. The company, whatever the parent company is, is Mozilla the name of the company? Mozilla yeah. has also a free speech right. To be like, oh, we don't want you to be our um, CEO anymore. Um, yeah. Two, that this is what free speech is. And three, two, three. I know. I hate when conservatives look. Oh, look what's going on. Listen, bitches. This is capitalism. This is what happened when capitalism's at work. When you fed the free market, the free market. This company decided the board of directors is publicly traded by the stockholders, and they are elected to the board. They decided they wanted to boot this guy. That's how a company works. Thank sure. you. And the uh, blog post that Mozilla wrote was um, kind of touching. Like they, I've been a Mozilla fan since I learned about them. Like they're very open with a lot of their stuff, and they allow people to develop products for their products. Um, but their uh, blog post said something. Um, I have it in front of me. They said Mozilla believes in both in equality and freedom of speech. Equality is necessary for meaningful speech, and you need free speech to fight for equality. Figuring out how to stand for both at the same time can be hard. So this Brandon Ike guy chose to step down on his own, they're saying, um, and he made this decision for the Mozilla uh, community. So that's that here's the other thing too is if you read if you read some of these articles and you read between the lines there were a lot of people who weren't happy that he was even elected to begin with to be ceo right a lot of the founding people he was one of the founding members but a lot of the founding members uh left when he was made ceo yep um okay Um, and they and they made it very public when they left and that's kind of how this kind of came to light i think is by those founding members stepping aside what's up in l.a um, okay, in Santa Monica, at Santa Monica High School, the wrestling coach, who's also a teacher, Mark Black, um, wrestled a student who, I guess he caught, the, the, the details are kind of unclear at the moment. Uh, tell me what you find as you look it up on the internet. But um, <laughs> the student had brought, somehow, Mark Black found out that the student brought marijuana to the classroom. I don't know what happened between there. Some students say that he... Um, that the student pulled a pencil out in a threatening manner on Mark Black. Either way, Mark Black, the wrestling coach, um, using wrestling moves, pinned the student to the ground. Uh, other students in the class filmed it, and it, the video has gone viral. Uh, since then, uh, Sandra Lyon, who was a superintendent for Santa Monica Malibu School District, uh, released a statement where she was kind of like being sympathetic to the student. And kind of coming down on Mr. Black, and they put him on suspension while they do an investigation. In the meanwhile, parents and students 
have rallied behind Mark Black, uh, saying that it wasn't his fault, that there's a big drug problem that the administration refuses to address, and um, uh, saying that he felt threatened, and so he was basically acting in self-defense. He needed to, to subdue the student. And so they are um, uh, rallying behind him, saying that the this administration did something wrong by siding with the student automatically. Mike, here my question. Here's my question to you: What are your thoughts on a teacher in this situation, if everything is true, uh, wrestling the student to the ground? Well, it might be a little bit controversial, and I think so. The teen threw the first punch. By the way, he hit the coach in the face. He's a science teacher. Um, okay, but he's okay. also, how do you always have more updated I, <laughs> I literally added this story this afternoon and they were like we don't know anything he's a head wrestling coach you're right but he's yeah. also a science, science teacher so yeah. and I haven't watched the video yet I think I want to but I my initial reaction is that not that a teacher should like allow a student to just beat them up but like a student hits you in the face and is walking away that that's where it ends you don't then continue like you don't wrestle the kid to the ground and punch him. That that is just you trying to get yours on him, and that's not your job. I I don't know. I don't want to like create a place where people think it's okay to just punch teachers in the face because you can walk away. But like, I really do think that this this guy's wrong. By the way, the the coach's name is Mark Black. Am I right? said that. And the no, hold on. His name's Mark Black, and then the student's name is. Why well, gotta be black? The student's name is Daquan White. Uh huh. And the the teacher Mark Black is white, and the student Daquan White is black. It's trippy. Uh, you know, before I give my opinion, I have a, a cousin, Richard. Uh, he's gay, and he's a week younger than I am, but he's also a teacher. And there was an instance where Richard, um, there was a situation in his class. He was in elementary school and he didn't even like touch, like he like, a, a girl was going crazy, a little girl. And so Richard just sort of like gently like put his hand on her shoulders to calm her down. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, she went to the principal and the mom came out and was like, you, I heard you put your hand on my little girl, but I'm going to sue the school. And so they had to send Richard to like, um, like not sensitivity training, but like, um, like training for like how to deal with this. And he was telling me that it was so that first of all, all teachers should go through this because he didn't know the rules and he's a teacher, but, um, that it was very interesting, but like they were teaching him how to do it without touching a student, yeah. you know? Um, and I think you're supposed like, to just kind of if, let them go crazy now. And so also like, let's say for what, so what was, so with that girl that was going crazy in the playground, mm -hmm. what he was supposed to do was not isolate her from the rest of the kids, but I, well, they, she was, but not like take her out of the situation, but take all the other kids out of the situation. Sure. Does that make sense? That's what he was supposed to do. Anyway, um, here's the deal in this case though. Uh, uh, Mark Black is in the right. You can't have a kid because then, because then you can extend it to like. I mean, this situation happens to be we know because the kid marijuana and things escalated. He punched a teacher in the face, but then how do you know that he's not going to harm other people? Like, what if you have this? Um, well, you know, did you watch a video? I, I have watched the video. 
did he punch and then he was like ready well, to in keep the video fighting? you're in the video you're seeing it in the middle okay. so uh it's really just in the video it's just mark black like basically like i think when you hear wrestling moves it makes it sound like he's like like and like watching him to the floor and it's a little more gentle than that it's more like um holding the kid down but not even like he's in trying a really... to take him down no it's have you seen it yet yeah i'm watching it right now he's trying to take him down he's like pulling his legs yeah but it's not like he's like body slamming him this is just so pointless so now you have him on the ground you're holding his legs yeah and he's holding him there then, then what the fuck's gonna happen now this is ridiculous. Well, I, think, I, think, I think at the end, I, I don't know if you're listening to the audio, They say he, someone says, call security. So it looks like he was subduing him until someone else could come. You know? It just makes my stomach hurt. I don't know. I No, you see, I I mean, I know you work with kids too, but like, fuck, you know, like sometimes I fucking, you hear about these little fucking shits. I fucking hate them. And, they, and I never, I only dealt with like an obnoxious entitled brats but you yeah. have these kids who like some he punched him in the face you sure. know and so you i think i understand the school district trying to protect itself in, in terms of a lawsuit but uh, i i do think in a in a certain this kid needed to be taken down and held down until secu- until the proper security came i think this is I, an extreme case i do not fault mr black look let me put it this way if if they said look we're going to suspend Mr. Black for the rest of the year with pay, I'd be fine with that. Right? Okay. If they're like, yeah. we're going to fire you, I'd be mean, no, bullshit. This is such fucking bullshit. It's so, like, these fucking parents and their stupid fucking obnoxious kids getting their way all the time because that's the way our society is. Blaming the teachers. It's blaming, no one ever blames the parents. That's the problem, is no one ever blames their parents and they're raising rotten children. And Mr. Black should wrestle the parents. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think that we should live in a world where drug deals can happen in your classroom. They can punch you in the face and then you're supposed to take the punch and they walk out and nothing happens. But I also don't want to live in a world where teachers get to decide if this this situation is threatening enough or not and they're going to punch children. Like that shouldn't be on the books that if it's if you think it's okay enough and threatening enough you should punch a kid. If it's, like, for the safety of the other kids or something, fine. See, I disagree. I, I disagree. I don't think this was about the safety of the class. I disagree. I disagree. Because if we're saying we we uh, trust you to be stewards of the community and teach our children, then I would say that with the proper training and the proper licensing, I will trust you to make the decision when, if a student punches you in the face, you can use somewhat limited uh, force um not force but some like okay once again to, to expand on the richard story richard actually did they did train richard how to deal with this sort of situation and there is a way actually to actually man physically handle the student without with, st- with staying in the law but here's the thing like richard said richard didn't have the proper training who knew if mr black had the proper training uh, he you didn't know? yeah so and- I, I I feel bad for Mr. Black, and I feel bad for the school. I like they're how we're calling him Mr. Black. They're going to go through some shit, but well, I don't fuck, know. I, oh, God, it's just, oh, I'm so, I'm so, I, I wish I, I wish he would have punched this kid in the face. This oh, kid no. needs it. Ugh, bringing his, his drugs and his 
drugs and is punching teachers in the face. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> the video is horrible. I hate... If you are listening to this, don't look up the video. Oh, really? I didn't think it was that bad. I hate it. Like, the... It's weird. It's really weird. I don't like it. And don't get me wrong. I ran a business. I would never wrestle a kid. If a kid punched me in the face, I would be like, well, I'll be honest with you. If a kid punched me in the face and I own a business, I would be so happy because I would sue those parents. I had rich parents so fast, you know, and make so much money for that one punch. Ugh, it'd be great. Then you would never have to. Uh, work for them again. No, I know. It'd be great. I would get money and it'd be amazing. Anyway, what else is going on in the Bay Area? Um, well, there's this weird story um, up here in the Mission District. This man went went into... Oh, wait. There's an update. This update just happened on the story. I have to scroll past it and tell you the original story. So this thirty or 23-year-old man um, was arrested because he shoplifted a pair of socks from this store in the Mission District but what's weird about it is he went into the store. Uh, they're not saying the name of the store, which is weird, but it probably is like called store or something like that. It's like in this this area where like people they are the just most random stuff. So he went into the store. He grabbed a shirt, underwear, and a pair of socks. He okay. dressed himself in the new clothing. Yeah. Th- then he went up to pay, and he told them he pay he he wants the shirt and the underwear. Sure. And he'll pay for those. So she rang him up and she's like, um, how about the socks? And he ran, she ran for it. For the socks? <laughs> yes. It's just, I don't know why this story really caught me. Um, it's just such an interesting story to me that he would strip naked in the middle of the store to put on all these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably sure. mentally ill or something. Um, mm-hmm. But he got away uh, a couple of blocks before the security guard from the store. So there's a security guard there. Caught up with him, punched him several times in the face, held him Whoa, down. Wh- Mike, wh- why aren't you Using wrestling that? moves. Because he's a security guard. It's totally different. Um, and the suspect was arrested, is now in jail, uh, where he got free, <laughs> free prison clothes or something. I don't know. Wouldn't it be great if he comes back in a couple of weeks and he tries to return the underwear? <laughs> I have a receipt. I have a receipt. I do I have a receipt. I really need it. It's really tight. <laughs> so it's so weird. Um, I don't know. I don't have much to say. I actually, it's been a weird news week. I had another story that kind of fell flat. I didn't have anything to say about it. I thought maybe this story was enticing enough. You would say something, but um, look, it's crazy people. And they're going to do crazy things. And I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to pay for the socks. Maybe the socks were really expensive. Maybe like, this is ridiculous how much they're charging for socks. But I'll pay for the underwear and the shirt. Have you ever stole something from a store? No. I've never stolen anything in my life. Have you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? You see. Okay. This is great. Hold on. I'm turning off the volume. Um, this is the thing. I bet you, if you were to do a poll, on we should do the poll before we release the episode, of who people would think would steal something, they would all say that I'm the crook, and I'm the thief, and I would steal shit, while you, Mike Lawson is the angel who would never do anything and never steal anything. Meanwhile, I'm, not a I'm crook the angel, a- and you're the thief. 
I'm not a crook and a thief and a. I when I was like a teenager. Yeah, you are. You stole my heart. Store, I stole. Stupid. <laughs> so what else is going on in LA? We should put up that poll though, and we can talk like, about it on our live episode. Las Vegas nightclub Tau put billboards up all around LA. Okay, and on those billboards it said, "I'm actually gonna. I have to pull it up to see what it said." Hold on, I had it. Okay. It's a billboard of like the back of an Asian woman. Excuse me. It's a, it's a billboard of the back of an Asian woman, like a naked mm-hmm. Asian woman. And it said, always a happy ending. Right. And so this sure. Asian woman, uh, the CEO of Affinity China, Christine Liu, tweeted uh, her disgust publicly towards Eric Mayor Eric Garcetti of Los Angeles. Okay. And it, it went viral. News stories picked up on a news outlets picked up on this and people were like oh my god this is kind of racist that this billboard is saying this right so it's been taken down okay but here's the thing the reason i bring this up is that the um the company wrote an apology letter and they published it and it's maybe the rudest apology (laughs) the (laughs) rudest apology letter i've ever seen it says i'm gonna try to read it in like the part of the voice they wrote it well, we regret that you take such offense and see it as a perpetuation of an unfortunate stereotype that is cultivated far more heinously by the hundreds, if not thousands, of Asian massage parlors in L.A. and Las Vegas. Not to mention the hundreds of billboards that scream out real happy endings. However, as a gesture of good faith, we have decided to remove the billboards since it offends you so much. In the future, perhaps your focus would be better directed at the real source of the stereotype, actual happy ending massage parlors, and their advertisements, not our harmless ad that elicits far more chuckles than letters such as yours. (laughs) Ew. It's it's one of those, like, I'm sorry your face hurts after I punched you in the face. Like... (laughs) It's, they're not apologizing for anything. They're saying, we're so sorry that you you're offended. Question. What is your boyfriend's Rod Kyle? What is your boyfriend Rod Kyle's imp- uh, uh, opinion of this story? I don't know. We should have him on and you can ask him. Oh, is he there? Put him on. Oh, he's not here. Oh. Can we call him? Um, I would I would be interested to... Um, I'll bring it up and ask him. Um, but I would be interested what his response is. <laughs> I've caught you in one of my masterful Jobatant's gotcha questions. So, Mike Lawson, you admit, do you admit here on the air that you and Rod Kyle are back together? We're we're working things out. I don't, I mean, let's, let's talk about this uh-huh! So you admit that you're working Joe, can things we, out. Let's talk about this news story. Will this will your will your relationship have a happy ending? <laughs> Stop. Um, okay. Um, so here's my question: Do you think that Tao was in the wrong for putting this billboard up? Yeah, I think it's kind of insensitive. Um, I don't know. I feel a little bit weird that you know, this Mexican guy and this white guy are sitting here talking about if this is racist to Asians or not. It's kind of okay, so you know what, a place for an Asian person to say if it's offensive. So, what or not, were your thoughts on the whole Stephen Colbert cancel Colbert drama? Um. Oh, so I didn't really. I mean, I I kept track just because 
it's it, the places I get my news were were covering it, but I didn't really go deep into the story exactly. Like, I think I actually read a really good article about it today, about how we don't need. I said we, but like this is from an African American's point of view. She said we don't need white people to do like we shouldn't rely on white people to do the race racial satire as much as we do um i don't know i it's 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 complicated it's thick um perhaps backstory would be a good idea for anybody listening that has never heard heard of what you're talking about yeah so stephen colbert is a comedian who has a show called the colbert report and he plays a character who's like an ultra conservative but he's Stephen Colbert, the real person is not, but the character is. And in it, he decided he's making fun of Dan Snyder, who owns the New England, the no, the Washington Redskins, who refuses to change the name of the Washington Redskins, even though it's very offensive to Native Americans. Um, and so uh, Stephen Colbert said that. And, oh, so anyway, so Dan Snyder decides, oh, I'm going to start a foundation, and it's called the Washington Redskins, like. A foundation for original Americans or something like that, which is offensive because it has the name that offends them in the foundation. So Stephen right. Colbert says that he's going to start a foundation called the Ching Chong Ding Dong uh, Foundation for something about like Orientals or whatever. I can't remember what the exact wording of it is. And in the show, it sort of makes sense in the context of the show. Um, here's the thing: is then uh, the Stephen the Colbert rapport. Twitter feed, which is not run by Stephen Colbert or his show, it's run by Comedy Central, uh, makes a, a reference to this joke, but provides no context. So right. this woman, an Asian woman, goes ape shit and starts this Twitter war thing, war with him called Cancel Colbert. Now, have you seen any of the interviews with this woman? Mm -mm, no. She's a crazy person. Like, literally I, like, a, a crazy person. Okay. Okay. Like, watch, look up the Huffington Post video interview with her, read any, there's another interview you can read. She's a complete insane person. She's humorless. She's so, she's a, no, I'm not even joking, I really question her mental sanity. The reason I say she's humorless is, one, she's humorless, but two, she identifies as a comedian. I would never uh. go to one of her comedy shows, ever. I would never go to one okay. of her comedy shows. Um and she even admits, I can't remember if it's in the printed article or in the Huffington Post article, that pretty much... She wasn't even really offended by what Colbert did. She's like a Twitter troll who uses these kinds of things to build up follow followers to her cause. Uh, it's, either, okay. it's either in the printed one or the um, uh, the um, the video or the video. But the point is, like, I you see. But how come? Here's the thing: is I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even going to disagree with you. What I'm going to point out here is an inconsistency, which is a few weeks ago. You were saying that non-gay people, straight people, is what they call it in the business, could <laughs> uh, could play gay people on television. But now you're saying white people shouldn't be – you're not saying that. You were questioning – you are bringing up a person's point that white people should stay out of the uh, racial um, – and also the tricky thing with the Colbert Report, he has writers, so you don't even know if a person of color wrote that or not. So he well, hold on, hold on one second though. How many of his writers are people of color? That's a good question to ask. But I don't know. that being said, it's very small. I from well from an article I read earlier this week. It's small, but 
I, I didn't, you know, verify any of that. But I think, um, and I, uh, a comedian that I saw very recently, W. Kemo Bell, I, I think he, his point about like calling something racism, racism shouldn't really be left up to, to, to white people right now. Like it's, he compared it to like, if a, a tall person got to decide what, what gets put on what shelf. So like a tall person could put everything on the top shelf and be fine with that. Meanwhile, the person that is really short can't reach anything like it's not really the white person's job to figure out what is racist and what is not. It's a white person's job to just try to understand what I understand that it's one of the most frustrating things to me when I deal with, um, I guess white people for lack of a better term is I don't deal with a lot of racism. I think partly because the way I speak and the way I carry myself, white people just sort of like, it, it welcome me into their fold however i do experience racism from people who don't know me and mm-hmm. what's funny is when i try and share those experiences with some white people not all some of them they'll actually tell me i'm wrong or that i didn't experience that because not and they're not being mean they're not saying um uh that they're not trying to be they're not like being racist in a weird kind of way there be it's a weird kind of racism where since they accept me as white or i don't know the best way to put it um and they're nice people and decent people they can't imagine a world where people do or say bad things so they'll tell me that they'll assume then that my uh experience they'll 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 what's the right word for like making it less diminishing thank you they'll diminish my experience because they can't imagine there's people who were really like this does that make sense sure. mm-hmm. so um that's what's tricky and um but i but i think in the case with stephen colbert it gets it gets tricky when you say who is what can't say uh about something like this i just have trouble from my perspective like um like i don't really understand i don't know what it's like to fight the battle that so i'm i'm sure like the even out of con in context like the ching chong comment that he made like hurts right um, it comes from somewhere, and I just I don't know. No, I just but feel it, like but that's the thing with biting satire. He's the pain is there to defend you. The pain is there to point out how offensive that is. And you you know what's funny is is this Asian woman did point something out, which as crazy as she is, I do agree with. Is she was talking about what she says is that she was which the the point she was trying to make with this is that um, the, the white people on the left can be just as racist as the white people on the right. Mm-hmm. However, they think that because they're um, shielded by the blanket of uh, being progressive, that they're, that they're white people, that they're, that they're no longer racist. They do these weird things. Like I actually see it all the time in, in West LA. You go to West LA, everyone's like, oh my God, isn't racism so bad? And isn't black people, should, you know, black people, there's black people that, by the way, they don't have any black friends. They don't have any black neighbors. They don't. Have, it's like this ivory tower limousine liberalism, where they're like they want the equal rights for all black people and people of color, but they don't want to live next to them or see them. Or it, it, in a weird kind of way, you have to almost respect how overt the K people and the KKK are. And so I think this is what this Asian woman's. Uh, I think that's a valid point. I'm kind of also surprised i guess that this is the first time he's really gotten any hot water that i could think of anyway because he kind of does walk the line like he says and i think 
it's to me it's very clearly satire but like he says some pretty outlandish things but you know going back to the story about town nightclub the way he did his apology or so to speak or addressed the issue i wouldn't say apologize but the way he addressed the issue was like masterful where this ta- where he used humor and still used satire to cut it down but diffuse the situation whereas his town nightclub just sounded like douchey and horrible no totally i agree that's this is a deep topic. I'll um I'll ask RK what you he You know, says maybe soon. I'll see if Richard see if he can get RK and I'll see if Richard will come on on Wednesday we can discuss it. Um RK has class oh, Wednesday. Class. I think. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you got going on next week? What's up? Well, I'm going to that Reda party. <laughs> so, well, I'll be going to that. What day of the week is it? On Thursday? Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. I'll do cool. tw- you know what? I'll tweet from there. Okay. <laughs> so people, you say that, but people, oh, you've, they, you're open. People can follow you. You just don't follow people back. I follow people back on Batangents. If you follow me on Batangents, B-E-T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S, I will follow you back. Okay. Um, I'm training for a marathon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a Twilight Zone marathon? <laughs> by the way, that's like the I- oldest joke in the book. I've seen a lot of Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're interested, I so next March. So this marathon I just watched. Uh, remember when I saw your friend Shane? Um, I kind of got inspired by it. Like the atmosphere was really nice. The energy was good. No one has ever I've, been inspired by Shane ever I've, in the history I've of inspiration. Wanted, I meant the whole event. Oh. The <laughs> the um i've actually said to myself that i wanted to train for a marathon or a half marathon before and i just have always um made up excuses for why i couldn't uh but i'm documenting it if you're interested mikesmarathon.com you don't have to go if you don't want to i know you're not here for that but um basically i'm using this website to kind of um uh getting inspiration also you know holding myself accountable and the marathon marathon is March twenty second, two thousand fifteen. So I signed up and I'm training now, and that's happening. I have a new coworker starting tomorrow, so the little dog in my office is leaving in a month. So we're training the new person. Are you um, so depressed about this? Really depressed. Lance I also, the dog. Lance it, yeah. I also have a video shoot this week for um, like Walgreens is making these like videos. And they're featuring our the nonprofit I work at, so I'm going to be doing that. And I'm going. Do you know who Haim is? The girl band. Haim. Yeah. Not the underwear. Haim. 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 I always Heim? say it wrong. Haim. H a i m. Haim. No. Oh well, I'm going to that on Thursday. So. Oh wow. That sounds so fun. Joey, we also are doing a live show. If you okay. don't, okay. Uh, yes, that's double right. Book yourself. Well, I didn't double book myself. I had a meeting on Wednesday, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna move the meeting to dinner." And I was like, "Ah," and I was already wasn't home, so I didn't have my computer with me or anything. Yeah. So I couldn't. I well, wasn't gonna be back in time. But um, uh, yes, I will for sure be here on Wednesday night. We're gonna have. I'm gonna try and get my cousin Richard to address these race issues. We were also gonna have a surprise guest, and maybe we'll have it this time on Wednesday um, of Shannon. My cool. writing partner might be a guest on the show. And also remember, you can call into the show and um, do cool things like that. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't answered the question, no. We, once we put the episode down, we should take the poll down, right? Yeah. Yeah, we okay. will. Uh, Mickey Rooney just died, by the way. 
You're yeah. fucking son of a bitch. I can't believe that. I was I'm not even joking. I was telling Chris and Mercedes just the other day. I know someone who knows Ricky Mickey Rooney. And mm-hmm. they're like, You you invite Mickey Rooney to dinner. He will fucking tell you so many good stories. Like he's not afraid of spilling Hollywood stories about like just good gossip, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, good. I'm not, so I was telling Chris and Mercedes just the other day, like last week, we really need to have Mickey Rooney over for dinner so we can get some good ass stories. Of course, they laughed at me and said no. But <laughs> let's do that next month. <laughs> yeah. And now look at this. Now he's dead. There you go. Uh, All right, Joey. Nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 um,